It's time for a quick word from our sponsor. I love podcasts. You love podcasts. Osama bin Laden loved podcasts, I think. He was a big true crime buff. And I published The Lee Show using Anchor. I think it's a great service. I tested out a number of options. This was clearly the best. They have great sound quality. It's the same company. Anchor is made by the same company that created the weapons that cause Havana syndrome. How cool is that? And it's owned by Spotify as part of their quest to destroy Neil Young. Anchor provides the tools that let you record and edit from your phone, from your computer. I record my audio, I upload it, and distribute it to all the major podcasting platforms. It's very easy. They'll get you on Spotify, they'll get you on Apple Podcasts, all the leading players, and you can make big bucks. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And welcome to a new episode of The Lee Show. I'm your host, Lee Bressler. I think a lot about where things are going right, where they're going wrong, and I try to understand why. I'm recording outside on a beautiful but humid summer's day. I'm, uh, I'm schwitzing out here. Before we get into the heart of the show today, can we talk about dentists for a second? I got an email from a dentist that I once went to for a cleaning. And the email said I was due for my cleaning but like, what, what the heck are these cleanings? Why is that necessary? I brush my teeth twice a day. I floss a bunch. I use Listerine when my halitosis gets really bad. I think that these dentists are a scam. Not They weren't always, but they are now. I think for a lot of years, people got cavities all the time. They lost their teeth. It was gross. You, you'd go into the mouth of someone and it was just, it was vile in there. But then in the late 70s and the early 80s, they started putting fluoride in the municipal water supplies across the country. And the most important thing for your teeth is that your mother got fluoride in her drinking water when you were in utero. The second most important thing is that you are getting fluoride from drinking water now. And so you see there's this like massive change by cohort where people who were born before the fluoride was in the water, they have tons of cavities. People born after that have very few cavities. So you had all these people who go to dental school thinking that this is going to be some great job. They're going to make a ton of money. It's just, it, I just got to fill cavities every day and, and that's it. That's all I got to do. But then when no one was getting cavities, we had this oversupply of dentists. And so they had to start like inventing the problem. So what do they do? They start with the cosmetic procedures, right? They all want to whiten your teeth. That's not covered by insurance. That's pure profit for them. They keep pushing these cleanings, which what do you, you don't need these cleanings if you're brushing your teeth. And then the worst and most destructive of all is that they tell you to get x-rays every year. They always say the x-rays are no more dangerous than the radiation you get flying on a plane. That's bullshit. That is just a load of crap. It is concentrated doses of radiation right in your head. That is not a good idea. You do not need x-rays every year. But it's a moneymaker for the dentists, and they are desperate. So as long as we're talking about scams, let's shift gears for a second and talk about the government of the state of California. 
Now, California is the most populous state in the country. It's probably the most important or second most important to the U.S. economically. I mean, it's hard for me to discount New York because I'm a New Yorker. California could be a country on its own. I, I once read that if California were its own country, I got to remember this, but I think it was that it would be the ninth largest economy in the world, bigger than Italy or something, if it were its own country. But this crisis of governance in California is a disaster. And it is Governor Gavin Newsom. It's District Attorney George Gascon. It's District Attorney Chesa Budin. It's Mayor Eric Garcetti. It's Board of Education President Gabriela Lopez. The list of midwits and incompetence is much longer than that. There is bad governance at the state level, at the local level, at the administrative level. Now, COVID helped to highlight how stupid and incompetent these people are, but these problems have existed for a long time and, and people are fleeing. They're sick of it. They're moving to other places in the country. They're saying, if I don't need to live here and pay taxes here, I don't want to put up with it. So they move to Austin. That seems to be the place that's growing the fastest, but they move to Utah and Wyoming and Idaho. They're getting the hell out of there. They're moving to Florida. I mean, everyone's going to Miami, the, the mayor of Miami, the governor of Florida. They all seem like they're, they're doing a great job. Now, there are several underlying issues in California that I can identify. There's bad housing policy. There is bad industrial policy. There is bad crime and prosecution policy. There are horrendous school boards and school administrations. And then there's the underlying issue of the climate that ties into all of these things. So let's tackle these one by one. The first is, let's talk about industrial policy. Tech is an important industry, and yet California's political class seems to hate the tech industry. They blame it for all their problems, right? How often do these people tweet about the tech bros as if that's some category of people that are ruining the state? Now, tech is not an extraction industry. This is not mining. This is not drilling for oil. It's creating something out of nothing, out of ideas. Mark Zuckerberg, I'm not a great fan of his, but he donated $75 million to a hospital. And the San Francisco Board of Supervisors voted 10 to 1 to condemn him for it because they said that he is responsible for endangering public health in our country and around the world. What does that even mean? How do you twist your logic to believe that? The perception seems to be that these tech bros have driven up the cost of housing in the state and that that has displaced the middle class. Well, how about pay attention to the supply of housing? It's not just demand, it's supply and demand. Why can't they build more homes in California to meet all of this demand? I'll tell you why. It's because the zoning policies and the NIMBY attitude is so restrictive that nothing can get built, especially in big cities like Los Angeles and San Francisco. Now, why do they have that policy? Because the political elites in California have controlled things for so many years and they block any opportunity to build new housing because they fear that the new supply could reduce the value of the multi-million dollar homes that they live in. So the rest of the city and the state suffers. That's corruption. That is bad governance. It is using the elected office to benefit themselves and not the people that they claim to represent. Now, all of this hating on the tech industry 
totally ignores the talent, the opportunity, the tax revenue, and how about just the soft power that it has accrued to the state? The budget of San Francisco has doubled in the past decade from $6 billion to $12 billion per year. Why do you think that is? But during this time, that same city has seen a massive increase in homelessness, drug abuse, crime, and a crippling cost of living that is because of the lack of new housing supply. In the meantime, these incompetent politicians have passed some policies. They banned vaping, scooters, e-bikes. They banned those little mini swords that go through cocktail fruit. They created an office called the San Francisco Office of Emerging Technology that forces any tech company to get special approval from the local government in order to exist. But no one knows what rules and authority they have. So punishment can be meted out for any whim or unjust personal reasoning by these small-minded people with political power. Somewhere along the way, the idea that entrepreneurship is good for the community seems to have been lost. Somehow the view became that creating a business is zero sum, and we know it is not. We know that new technologies are built from ideas that they add to the places where they are created. They were not discovered or extracted from the earth. These people have generated extreme wealth for the state of California, and this is just the first area where things are going wrong. Now let's talk about crime and prosecution for a second. In the past five years, we have seen these progressive-minded district attorneys that have swept to power in many cities, in San Francisco, in Los Angeles, in Detroit, Orlando, Austin, others. They won office on the promise of ending cash bail, of ending harsh punishments for drug offenders, of confronting these racial inequities in the justice system. So far, that all sounds pretty reasonable. The idea seemed to be that they would dismantle this racist and oppressive system of mass incarceration that has harmed poor people a lot. But what has happened is fairly predictable, and the equilibrium is pretty easy to solve for. What we have seen is that the criminals are back out on the street, same day they are arrested, and then they immediately reoffend. The stats back that one up completely. The quality of life crimes are ignored. It's now fine to set up tent cities, to shoot dope on the street, and to shit wherever you want. In San Francisco, you have guys knife fighting each other in the street. In Los Angeles, in, in, in Venice, they are, they're setting up tent cities. I mean, it, it's incredibly unsafe. They're injecting drugs everywhere, leaving dirty needles, unless those are COVID vaccines they're giving each other, maybe. They are causing mayhem. Now, this is not kind. It is not kind to the homeless. It is not kind to the tourists, to the city, to the people who live there. No one wants to witness this or live with this. It is dangerous. It is not working. Ed Rendell used to be the governor of Pennsylvania, and he had a good quote. He said that these district attorneys, quote, simply do not understand or will not recognize that the first and most important job of a district attorney is to protect the people of the city from violent, brutal crime. Now, these prosecutors have had their shot. 
And I got to give credit to them. They have done exactly what they promised when they have campaigned. At least they were, they were genuine. They said, I'm going to do this thing. And then they did that thing. It just hasn't gone well. They have shown over and over that they are not responsible enough to oversee criminal prosecution in our largest and most important cities. These cities are going to seed while they watch. And what's worse is that they are hastening the transition. In San Francisco, the district attorney made it a policy not to prosecute shoplifting for less than $1,000. So now you have these criminals who go from store to store, they steal $950 worth of goods and walk away. There was a video that circulated last week of a guy riding a bicycle through a Walgreens and stuffing a bag with just under $1,000 worth of items. It was very well organized. And speaking of Walgreens, they have been forced to close 17 of their stores in San Francisco because the shoplifting is so out of control. At 7-Eleven, they are doing business through a metal door because it's not safe for the employees otherwise. These policies are not working. These district attorneys cannot keep doing this and ruining some of the great cities of America. Okay, let's talk about schools. I believe, and this is a topic for another, another episode, I believe that one of the worst and most dangerous monopolies in this country, one that has failed us dramatically, is the public education system. It is a monopoly. It has been hacked and captured by overly powerful teachers unions, and they have caused dramatic harm to our nation's children. Earlier this year, the San Francisco Board of Education voted six to one to change the names of 44 schools, including schools named after Abraham Lincoln and George Washington. Now, I get the idea of paying attention to the names of the schools. Honoring a person is a big deal. It is a way of of elevating someone in importance and saying that they are a role model to be imitated, to be studied. That's a big deal. No one is perfect. It's not like there's going to be a perfect person to name a school after. And, and by the way, I, I'm not saying here, sitting here telling you that, that it has to be George Washington. You can make a case why it should be someone else. I'm very open to that. It even makes sense to change the names periodically every five years or every 10 years. Change the names, honor other people, give them some sunshine. But this is not the time to do it. Public schools have been closed for in-person learning for a full year. And it's not because it isn't safe. We saw private schools reopen in September and October of last year, and they have not become a hotbed of COVID. In fact, they've been totally irrelevant to the spread of COVID. So we know that it can be done, but the teachers unions have blocked it and the kids and families have suffered. And meanwhile, this board of education is focused on renaming schools. And by the way, they did it in the most ham-fisted way possible. They had a Zoom meeting. It's four hours long. And you have a bunch of dingbats sitting around Googling the names of schools and then making this yes or no decision on whether to keep the name. And we see over and over in the video that they Google the wrong person, they read the wrong thing, and then they make the dumbest possible decision. And nowhere in this four-hour meeting did anyone talk about reopening the goddamn schools. Let's play a little clip from a video discussing the school called Sanchez Elementary. So Sanchez, Sanchez is, um, again, here's another, um, this is another colonizer. 
Colonizer, California Mission, blah, 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 blah. It's in the notes. Uh, any blocking concerns around Sanchez being on the list? You can see how poorly they evaluated this and how dumb they sound. They thought this guy Sanchez was a colonizer, but it turns out they Googled the wrong Sanchez. It turns out the school is named after a Mexican guy, and I guess he was all right. Now, the New Yorker interviewed the head of the Board of Education about the renamings, and she sounded like a total dunce. She said that they decided that historians should not be involved. Why? I don't know. I guess historians are are somehow white supremacists. But then they say that they were making a bunch of decisions based on history and fact. They got all the facts and the history wrong, though. These people are hacks doing hack stuff. And meanwhile, the kids are suffering. They have shown us that they are not capable and competent enough to be in charge. How about Lowell High School? Lowell High School is a prestigious public high school in San Francisco. Arguably the best one in the city for many, many years. But the school board felt that the school had too many Asian kids. And that's unacceptable. I guess Asians, according to the school board, are an ethnic group or, 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 or groups that are not in favor at the moment. So they decided to switch the school to a lottery system so it would, it would have a different ethnic makeup. It's no longer competitive to get in there. It's just luck. Isn't the better approach to try to improve the other schools instead of bringing Lowell down to a worse level? Isn't the idea of competitive admissions that you create this incredible school that is a resource for families that cannot afford private schools? Aren't we doing this all wrong? Now, I mentioned the climate. Climate's an issue. Early during the, the pandemic, there's an economist who I admire a lot, brilliant guy, Tyler Cowen, professor at George Mason University. And he asked a question that I have mulled over quite a bit. And I'm going to read what he, what he wrote. He said, the climate change movement is likely to be another victim. How much have you heard about Greta Thunberg lately? Concern over the climate will seem like another luxury from safer and more normal times. And in addition, the course of anti-COVID-19 efforts may not prove to be helpful for the climate change movement. If the fight against COVID-19 suddenly improves, perhaps from a vaccine working very quickly, Americans may come to expect the same in the fight against climate change. It's a really good point. We had this major crisis and the real scientists stepped in and in a couple days or a month, they, they made a vaccine. How incredible is Moderna and Pfizer? Now, we've been told for years that the climate is a crisis, and then it doesn't come true. And when it actually becomes a real crisis, maybe the science guys are going to step in and fix it. Now, let's be clear about one thing. I believe that climate change is real. The earth is getting warmer. Emissions are causing it. The weather is changing. It's bad. No, duh. But our politicians are totally ineffective at addressing this. Half of them swear it is completely fake, but they're just being paid by the coal industry to say that. I can't imagine anything more destructive and disingenuine than those idiots. And the other half swear we're all going to die next year. That's not happening either. So in California, you have the idiot governor, Gavin Newsom. He's the same one who said everyone needs masks and trust the science. 
but then had an unmasked meal at the French Laundry, the fanciest restaurant in California in the middle of the pandemic. What a clown show. So this guy sees this incident last week in the Gulf of Mexico. The ocean literally caught fire last week. It was awful. The pictures, the videos, it was horrible to see. It turns out that the cause of that was a Mexican national oil company, literally socialism, that screwed up and did not invest in maintenance under the sea. And Gavin Newsom tweets about how this is climate change that is at fault. Bill de Blasio tweets about how this is capitalism run amok. Guys, this is literally socialism. California has wildfires. And I'm sure that some of the problem is exacerbated by climate change. But the real issue is that the state of California has done a terrible job of managing its forests. We have these terrible housing problems we talked about earlier, where everyone has to flee the city and live in towns where fires can cause so much more damage. You have a state, and I cannot believe this, but it's true, a state that just cut $150 million from its wildfire prevention budget. Compare it to Oregon, just to the north, they have a lot fewer acres of forest. They did many more controlled burns, and as a result, the fires are far less bad. In California, the forest management people are so tangled up in regulations that they don't do anything. They only did 30,000 acres of controlled burns in 2019. And then you have worse fires and the air turns black. Last, we should talk about COVID. We cannot discuss California without discussing how they handled COVID. And it seems to me that California handled COVID worse than any other state. The reason, as far as I can see, is that these incompetent politicians went mad with power and they felt that they had this need to control things without any logic behind them. Now, I will buy into anything. Give me evidence and explain it. I'll buy into anything. You want to close restaurants to outdoor dining? Sure. Explain why. What will it achieve? Give me even a rough cost benefit analysis and I will buy into it and I will support it. You want to close restaurants to indoor dining? Okay. Show me why. If you cannot explain why, no one is going to take you seriously and agree with your policies because it's just whimsical. And stupid people have stupid whims. In California, these policies were not grounded in anything. They defied logic. They destroyed people and businesses for no reason. We saw from other states and cities what happens if you reopen. It was fine. Florida didn't impose the restrictions in the first place. They had the same percentage of COVID deaths and hospitalizations as California did. The rules never made sense. And the politicians just kept yelling, trust the science. It's, it's some weird euphemism, gaslighting. Anyone who disagreed was shamed as some sort of moron or COVID denier. Now, look, California has been mismanaged by incompetent politicians for a long time, and they run the state for their own benefit. This must end. California is too important to go to seed like this. The state, the cities need new leadership or the entire country will suffer. With that, thanks for listening. I'm Lee Bressler. Remember to subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast player. Tell all your friends about it. 
And you can find me on Twitter at Bressler Nation. You can find me on Substack. Until next time, thanks again.